0: Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. All right, all right. Who's ready for one more? You got one more in you? Yeah. Last one here, last one. Hey, thank you very much, appreciate it. Awesome. La- yeah, yeah, of course you can see. At this point, I've just planned on it. You know, I'm like, I'll just show my socks here. I had no idea socks would be my nickname here. Um, th- my socks today are penguins with propellers and bow ties, and they've got a suitcase so they can travel the world. Yeah, because penguins can't fly, and I feel bad about that. So uh, peng- um, I wore them very specifically because I was like, it's the day we're all leaving, right? So like penguins with propellers, we're all going to fly out of here. And, uh, and before we go, um, I have this idea. I was in the camp store yesterday, and I was like, you know, why don't we have shirts that say, camp, believe it, can't believe it. I can't believe it's over. I can't believe it's RVR. Who would sign up? Yeah? I want to see who, uh, sign my GoFundMe. You want to go to my GoFundMe? (laughs) I don't have one, but can't believe it. RVR, you heard me. (laughs) Um, So we're going to do a quick recap. Um, Can I hear, what was the word night one? Peace. Peace, and again, what that meant was that God was first in the story. There was universal flourishing. Adam and Eve had it better than we could imagine, and that there was, uh, there, there was this harmony, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. That was God's perfect picture, that there would be right relationship between kingdom and creation. What was what the word yesterday morning? Vandalism. Vandalism. What happened is we tried to become first in the story, and in so doing, we introduced sin, and we broke God's perfect plan for peace, and we created a barrier between us and God. Separation entered the picture, and now there was a price to be paid to bring God's perfect plan of peace back, this death debt that we incurred. But what was word three? Gift. Gift. Word three was gift, and that is when we heard the gospel in all its goodness and fullness, this free gift available to any and all. Jesus opened up the way. He made a way through his death and resurrection. God sent his son to live the life you and I never could, to pay the price you and I never could, because he loves you. And then he invites you into life with him, to follow him, to trust him, and obey him as he leads you through life. This is the kingdom. This is the tapestry of the kingdom of God, and it truly is a work of art. It's beautiful. And I want to just say, this is your last moment because y'all are going home to something that wants to claim you back that might not be so pretty. In fact, I talked to a lot of you yesterday, and I, I kept hearing the same thing time and time and time and time again. My home life isn't so good. My parents aren't so good. My parents aren't around. I don't talk to my parents I, I don't, I, I'm going back to temptations to live a life I don't even want to live. You're going back to something today. Today is the last day, please. I said, night one, lean in. This is, this is an opportunity to lean into this life God has for you, to be really authentic here. Listen, we, we have to fake it everywhere, don't we? School and work and you name it, you got to fake it. This is a place where you get to be Authentic and love just as you are brokenness and all you can drop the facade you can stop faking it here and so you've got a ride home you've got the last opportunity here i just don't want you to miss the last moments to breathe in see you think you're going back to quote unquote the real world i would make the argument that what you saw this weekend is a picture of the real world This is what God intended it to be. In fact, I love River Valley Ranch because the goal here is that you would get a taste of the kingdom. With minimum distractions, thank the Lord that the cell service isn't so great here. With minimum distractions, you were able to step into a place where you felt safe where you felt you could breathe, where you felt you could be vulnerable, let your guard down, where you could have fun. Get this, God invented fun and he loves when you have it. So if you laughed, praise the Lord. Okay, if you had a good time, thank God. You got to worship him, hear his word, this incredible message that is so personal. See, River Valley Ranch provided you an opportunity to get a glimpse into the kingdom of God. The plan that always was supposed to be. And you're gonna go back to life as it was. It hasn't changed, but maybe you have. And I'm telling you, as the video just spoke to, you bring this with you. You don't say, well, that's one side of me, that's one part of me. No, 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 you didn't get a fixed up life, you got a new life. You are going home as a new person and it might feel weird. But did, did anybody here get something out of this weekend? Yeah. I hope that you all got at least something At least one thing to go home with. That's better. But don't just leave it here. You take this home with you. My encouragement is that you don't miss it when you go home is what I'm saying. And when I say miss it, I really mean two things. That you don't miss the experience of this weekend as opposed to the person who provided the experience. I I speak on behalf of River Valley Ranch right now. I'm not an employee. I don't have the right to do this. But I know that they would affirm what I'm about to say. Their whole goal is to give you a picture of the kingdom. And they're not out to get credit for River Valley Ranch, they're sent, which sounds like a dressing. I had a conversation about It Sounds like you should make ranch dressing, T-shirts and ranch dressing. Um, they're not out to get credit. They're out to present to you a picture of the plan of the kingdom of God. And if you got a picture, don't just say, oh, that's behind me. I missed River Valley Ranch yesterday. Say, man, I'm striving towards a kingdom better than I can even imagine. And RVR was scratching the surface of this life that God created me to live. So don't don't miss it. The second is, don't miss the bigger picture. See, just like tapestry, it's being woven into something bigger than any single thread. And while every thread is important, and that's you, and we've spoken to your value, the truth is there's a bigger picture you're a part of. And that's such good news. And I want you to remember the bigger picture because your life was not culminating. It was not building up to River Valley Ranch, March of 2022. It was building up to you joining with God for the rest of your life and all eternity. The best has yet to come. The best is still before you. Salvation is just the first step into this bigger picture. It's one of many steps that you will take in a life responding to the gospel. But it begs the question how do I spend a life responding to the gospel? What does that even look like? What does that require of me? What decisions do I make tomorrow? As if River Valley Ranch made a difference in my life, as if God made a difference in my life. I want to look one more time back at Ephesians. I don't know if you noticed, but since night one, we've worked all the way through Ephesians chapter two. And we're wrapping up the very end of Ephesians 2, starting in verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself. As the chief cornerstone, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord, and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So in case nobody said it to you yet, welcome to the fam. You're no longer a stranger and a foreigner, but you are part of God's kingdom, his household. I know you're going home to homes you don't like, but this is a home that you have now. This is an anchor in the storm. This is a refuge for the people who feel like they're going through rough patches in life. I wanna tell you the word before I go any further. The word today, the last word is, ready, building. What's the word? Building. building. what's the word? Building. Oh, come on, like you're awake, come on. What's the word? Building. That's all right, we'll get, we'll get it by the end, all right. Building, and I said this word for two reasons, because first, a building is a structure that is finished and serves a purpose, right? Finished serves a purpose, but building is also an action that is ongoing. You are building and building at the same time, and what I mean is that God has done something in you and for you that is absolutely finished, definitively, nothing's changing it. And at the same time, God's not finished with you yet. God will continue the process of building into you. I don't stand here like somebody who's arrived. I'm on the journey with you. I'm just telling you as one traveler to another, as one part of the household to another, he is not finished with you. I said this night one, but you are a work of art and a work in progress at the same time. And so am I. So let's recap what is finished because this week we've talked about how what is finished is that you are forgiven. Jesus said it is finished and sin was solved and death was defeated. You are invited into the kingdom, not foreigners, not strangers, not outcasts. See, God is in the business of taking the outsiders and inviting them in. That is the marker of his kingdom. And he invites us to reflect that. He said, peace has been restored to us. A way has been made for us. The dividing wall of hostility is gone. Unity is possible, even if we aren't always good at living into the potential. You are redeemed. You are set free for something and from something. And you are loved more than you can ever imagine, more than you dared Dream And this was done for you as we read yesterday so that no one can boast. And this is good news because that's a great list. But you can't look left or right and say, I'm better than or worse than. How many of you would love to be free from that kind of comparison in your life? Oh my gosh, to not have to be a prisoner to the better or less of every person you meet. Constantly weighing the scales of ability and efforts and possessions and households and always coming out as the loser? Or thinking less of people there's always a loser when you play the comparison game this was done for you so that no no one can boast i like to say that the foot of the cross is level ground it's level ground when we all find ourselves at the cross you look left you look right you're going to see different people and yet you're all on the same playing field that is beautiful, and that is a picture of the kingdom God. What is finished? You don't have to wonder about life's big questions that we established. That's finished. In fact, I love how Ephesians five one and two says, "If follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God." Life's big questions: Who am I? It answers that. What, what's my identity? He says in here, a loved child of God, you are known and loved, fully known, fully loved. And you don't want one without the other. You've been fully known by people and found out and they don't love you. They don't have your best interest in mind. Is that what you want? No. You've been loved, but you've been putting up a front and you've had to fake it and be tough and like things that you don't like and act ways you don't even want to act. And in so doing, they love a facade, a fake you. They don't even love the real you because they don't know the real you. Fully known and fully loved. Now I'm giving you answers, but I understand you don't have to wonder, but it doesn't mean you won't question. Like, like uh, I, I was really good at math. I could give you the answer to some crazy, complicated question. And, and, and it could be accurate, it could be right, and you would sit here and you would go, um, I know the answer, but I don't know how he got there, I don't know if I could get there. And so I understand that this weekend I'm telling you things that might answer the question of who you are, and I understand you still might wrestle with that, but I'm telling you there is an answer and it is set in stone, who am I? What is my purpose? This scripture says, follow God's example and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us. You got a purpose. It's hard work, but you've got a purpose. And I'd rather do hard work towards a purpose I know is good than, the other thing, than, than all of the efforts I put into something that doesn't even add up to anything. This is, a, this is a weird way to paint this picture, but I do a lot of funerals now. And nobody, nobody to this point has said how many followers and friends they had on Facebook or Instagram. They didn't mention Snapchat streaks. They didn't mention how many likes they got on a TikTok. They didn't. They don't mention it because when death comes knocking, we realize what's really important, and we invest so much time and energy and effort into things that end up like dust. And so my encouragement is that you would say, "All right, I'm going to pursue a purpose that I know outweighs everything, even if it's hard work, even if it's hard." Life's big questions. Listen to this. God's perfect plan for peace is being restored in your life because of the gospel, the good news that we talked about. I love how this author wrote, God, this is is just a combination of like all the scripture that mentions peace. Not even all the scripture, just a lot of scripture that mentions the peace. God is the author of peace and Jesus is the supreme peacemaker. Jesus came to establish peace. His message explained peace. His death purchased peace. Peace and his resurrection enables peace. Isaiah said Jesus would be the prince of peace and that the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. The angels announced his birth by saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. Jesus brought countless healings and forgiveness to sinners with the same sending. Go in peace. Before he was crucified, Jesus' last will and testament was, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. And when Jesus returned after the resurrection, his first word to the disciples was, shalom, peace to you. The life of Jesus was saturated with his mission to bring peace of God. And to initiate the healing relationship of peace with God. He paid an enormous price for us to experience peace. To reconcile all things to himself by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus saw the gravity of our problem and he refused to leave it alone. Only a drastic solution would suffice. So he made peace by shedding his blood on the cross. Christ is our supreme example in making and bringing peace. In our hearts, our relationship relationships, our homes, our churches, our nation, and our world. Peace as the plan that we started on week on night one is coming full circle. Jesus brought back the plan for peace. But what's the word today? <laughs> All right, one more try. Come on. What's the word today? Wow, well done. All right, thank you building so we just talked about the finished but what about the building the act the action of something still ongoing still being built what is still being built i'll tell you what the tapestry of the kingdom of god is still being weaved together weaved together because your stories are still being weaved together aren't they You don't know what tomorrow brings, next week. You don't know what next month, you don't know about next year. Anybody remember like March this time, 2020, and you're like, there's this weird thing and I don't know about it. And then boom, two weeks later, shut down. We don't know what's next. And so our stories are still being weaved and written. It says in verse 22, you are being built by God. Jesus as the cornerstone because it falls apart without him. Don't build something without Jesus in it. Jesus invites you to live life with him. In fact, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. He invites you to follow him in the building. And I think there's a really good picture of the guardrails that we have going forward, going out of this place to mark your life by, to say, I want to follow Jesus. And what does that look like? And what does that require of me? And we find it... In this conversation Jesus has in Matthew 22, it's called the Great Commandments. The greatest commandments, see an expert in the law came to Jesus and asked him, what are the greatest commandments? This is a, what's the greatest command? It was a bit of a trick question. And Jesus responds by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself see if we are called to reflect God we are called to love God and love others and it seems simple but I'm telling you that'll keep you busy that'll keep you busy loving God with all I'm telling you firsthand I have been loving God for a long time and I'm still not at all it is still not all the way I'm not, I don't even know if I'm across the 50% line. You might think, he's a professional Christian. What, what the heck? <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it will keep you occupied. Because I don't know if I love God with every second, every minute, every moment, every dollar, every... I don't know. That's hard, but let me tell you, if the news you heard was as good as it is, it is worth trying. And So we go out of here and we try to right the wrongs and we try to say, I'm going to put God first in the story of my life again. I'm going to make sure that God is top of the list. Heck, God is the whole list. God's the page that the list is written on. I'm going to put him first again. Loving God with all but also loving others. In fact, there's a connection between how we love God and how we love others. In fact, if we love God, I would argue we have to love others. And I don't think Christians are always that good at this. Let me speak on behalf of all Christians. I can't do that, but let me for just a moment say we have not done a really good job across denominations and across history and across ages and differences of loving people. And I'm not saying love isn't harsh at times cuz love looked like the cross. I'm not saying there isn't time for truth. I'm simply saying we don't always do a good job loving and people miss out on the goodness of God because they see the wickedness of man and they see us broken fractured reflections of God but it's worth trying in fact Jesus says whatever you have done for the least of these you have done for me He said, if you have clothed, when you fed, when you brought people in, when you took people off the street, and and we're not talking over across the sea, we're not talking everywhere else, but I love what the video said. You've got neighbors you see. You've got people in your schools you see all the time. You've got people in your house you see. And he's saying, love them. In fact, Mother Teresa uh, had a prayer. She would say, whisper Jesus. When you're dealing with somebody who is frustrating, whisper Jesus. I'm loving this person like they're Jesus in front of me, even if they're hard to love right now. I'm going to love that. You just have to whisper Jesus. And What I would do when I walked down the halls in my high school, I would look at people like I never saw them before. Because you know their faces, but I would look at them, and I would say, man, Jesus died for them. Whew, and they don't even know it. You gotta look at people. In fact, my encouragement for you when you go home is to read 1 Corinthians 13. I think it's an inspiration for what does love look like? The question is, what does love require of me? What does love require of me? That's a hard question to answer. But you look at 1 Corinthians, it says, love is patient. How patient are you with this person? Love is kind. It doesn't keep wrong it doesn't keep a list of wrongs. How are you doing with that one? What if, like a goldfish, it's in, it's out. <laughs> it's in, it's out, it's gone, right? No list of wrongs. What, if you only, what would it look like if people only kept track of the good things you did in your life? You think you'd like that? Well, love your neighbor as yourself. And if you'd like that to be the case for you, try to live like that's true. But also, man, start, start taking people's debt away. If Jesus did it for you, please entice the idea of what that looks like for other people in your life. I'm going to erase their debt. I'm going to forget they're wrong. I'm going to love them for all the good. Every person has something made. They are all, every single person made in the image of God, every single person is redeemable. Every single person was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. We have no business treating them less than or not loving. And so is it hard work? Yes. Is it worth it? You tell me, if the news was as good as the news is, It's worth it, because you are so blessed by the gospel, the good news, and I hope that you can take it with you. My leaving sentiment, first, I have been so blessed to be here with all of you. Thank you so much for having me be here. It has been a blessing um, to speak with you, to get to know some of you. My encouragement is this. um, I'm just one person, but the message of Jesus has survived generations, time, all things, because why? He promised it would. And his promises stand. And his final words were simply this. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. He gives a commandment. Therefore, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have taught you. And surely, this is the promise that I want to leave you with. Surely, I will be with you to the very end of the age. I don't know where you're going home to, but I know who goes with you. And it's a good message. And I hope that you have been filled with hope. I want to go down the list one more time. And I need you to shout because this is the end, okay? So if you're asleep, wake up. And I need you to just shout these as la- like louder than you have thus far, all right? If you still have a voice, you're not supposed to by the end of camp. I thought that's like a rule. That's a rule. All right, so you're going to shout these, all right? What was, please, word number one? Peace. Oh, all right. What was word number two? And word number three? And what was the word today? All right, let me pray. Lord, thank you so much. We thank you, God, for your good news, the gospel, Lord, that you orchestrated. God, that from the beginning, the peace you painted a picture of for us in your kingdom, Lord, that you made it possible through this gift. Even though we messed it up, man, you sent Jesus to love us, to die for us, and invite us into the household. So, God, I don't know what our homes look like here, but I know the home we step into now, God. And we thank you for your goodness, and we, Lord, we look to you as we go out from this place for safety and protection. Lord, we look to you for guidance on how we can love you better, and others better. God, we thank you, and it's in your name that we pray all these things. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.